have to be your biggest fan. And when things are really tough and they're really rough and nothing's Hello. working, welcome back to something the podcast. We are on season four, episode three today, and today's episode is an extra special episode because we have a special guest. Um, so this chat was filmed a couple of weeks ago now. I know there's been a bit of a break in between the last episode and this episode, but I got a little bit um, ill. I did think it was the um, C word for quite a few days. It wasn't. It was just a cold, a monster cold, but I'm all um, better now. So we're ready to take the podcast to the next level with this episode. I met with the gorgeous, amazing Helen from mymovement.co. She runs an incredible membership site that has access to so many different yoga style um, classes. In our chat, we get up close and personal talking about diet culture, gym anxiety and keto to name a few but it is a really jam-packed it's a jam-packed episode please watch until the end because there's so much advice in it and um yeah without further ado hello helen welcome to the podcast i'm super excited to have you on board um i have followed you for so long i followed you on youtube and things like that and it's just really nice to have your kind of story and journey on my podcast so welcome first off um how are you how are you doing i'm good yeah thank you for so being so nice i am i feel like i followed you on youtube for ages as well so yeah, it's nice to actually chat to you. I know we've met before, but yeah, I think yeah. I'm trying. I was trying to piece together this morning when I actually followed you, um, and what kind of videos I actually saw on your mm. YouTube. And I think it was your kind of era when you was doing keto at the same time as me, um, and those yeah, and those videos that kind of popped same. up like the what I eat in a day, that kind of thing. Um, so I would love to kind of chat to you about that kind of journey and how how your kind of journey differs now from from that um place because on the podcast I do talk a lot about sort of like fad diets and um dieting phases that people um go through um so I just wondered if you could kind of talk to me a little bit about um your kind of keto journey and what made you want to try keto um back back when you did it yeah, so I, same, I found you through your vegan keto diet uh, video. I think you, maybe you had just one main one or one like one that I found anyway. Um, but yeah, I started, I did a vegan keto diet for a few different reasons. And I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, part of me would not recommend it to anyone, but there, I did get some really good benefits from it, which I can't like disregard yeah. at the same time as well so whilst it is a super hard fad diet I did get some positives from it I guess yeah but yeah I started it um so my partner actually was following a PT or he had a PT at the time and his thing was keto and the PT was like oh you can't do it vegan so like instantly I'm like yes you can <laughs> so I was like on YouTube like looking for all these different recipes I was like I'll do it with you like we'll do it together so it was partly that, and then um, I've always had, or like previously, I'd always had really irregular periods. I'd never been um, diagnosed with anything before, so like endo or 
um, PCOS, but my periods were always like really weird after I came off the pill. Like there was no rhyme or reason to them. So I'd heard that keto was good for that. I'd also had really, really bad painful periods. So I went on it for that reason. And uh, I do have to say it did regulate my period really well. My period is like clockwork now. So I I have to be grateful for it for that. Although it is a very restrictive and all-consuming diet. I'm sure you found that as well, that you can't have a life, really. Yeah, definitely. No, I I totally agree with that kind of stance on it because I think it it has a lot of benefits for a lot of people. Um, And I've kind of read things about um, how positive keto can be for things like epilepsy. So there's there's definitely a place um, for certain conditions. And and like you said, with regulating your period, that's amazing that that you found um, some positives from it. How long did you actually Mm. do it for? Ooh, I did it on and off for around two years, I believe. But yeah, proper on and off. I go through periods of like finding it really easy to do. And then other times I was like, it's just not coming. Um, there's a few uh, channels that I came across that talked about doing it um, cycling keto, particularly if you're a woman. So I kind of started to do a little bit more of that and being less like rigid. When I first started, I was super like rigid, has to be this way no other way yeah which was really hard um but I was so desperate for like something to work for my period that I really like just like gritted my teeth and went through it um and in terms of your in terms of your periods um so have you have you kind of explored that going down like um the doctor route have you had any kind of investigations or um, anything never like had any investigations for period only when I, we came into like looking at fertility stuff we've had like some tests for that um, but to be honest it, when we started to go through the NHS you don't really get a lot of tests they kind of test no. your bloods and it's really like and I think because well I'm 34 but when I first started it, I was like uh, like late 20s and they're a little bit like, you've got time, you're young, and all that yeah. stuff, all that annoying stuff. <laughs> and then, yeah, all the, like, five years on, you're like, um, yeah, I think there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah, so, no, yeah. definitely. And I think a lot of people can relate to that as well, because I think a lot of women especially, I think, um, get dismissed quite a lot with um, issues. When they, when they find themselves having issues with periods and things like that, there's not really that much support out there, is there, um, if, yeah. you're, if you are having issues. Um, Which is great for, like, for, to have people like you because you're online, you're easily findable. And, yeah, sometimes that is almost better than trying to go the doctor route, which can be yeah. really hard. For a lot of us, so, yeah. for sure, definitely, definitely. Taking it back to kind of your teenage, teenage years and um, growing up, um, do you can you kind of like pinpoint a moment where you thought, right, I actually really want to go into yoga and um, mindfulness and kind of branch out down that route? Was there was there a mm-hmm. moment or any kind of inspirations? Definitely not in my teenage years. I was very much like, I went to uni because everyone else was going to uni. <laughs> the first time I went, I just picked a course that I was good at. I was really good at geography, like naturally. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm destined to do that. So 
I went um, to Reading Uni initially. I hated it. And that first year I dropped out, I didn't really make... Fr- I really struggled to make friends. I was so, like, attached to my friendship friendship group at home. So I dropped out of that. And then I was kind of like, I'm a little more arty. So I ended up doing um, an art degree in London. But then I was kind of like, I'm not really that into art. Like, I like it, but I'm not... I don't think I can make a career out of it, really. Like, I enjoy yeah. it as a observer, but not as a creator. So, um, but I knew I wanted to live in London, so I decided to just get any job. I got my first job on Gumtree with this healthcare website um, as a customer service person. So I did that for a little while. And then I got into like um, digital marketing a little bit more and digital content for different brands. Did that for around six or seven years. But then that was kind of like, you wake up one day and you're like, how, what am I doing? Like, I don't enjoy this. I don't, I'm not getting paid all that much. Like, I don't really have a life. Um, So I started going to yoga classes in the evenings. And uh, I was like, oh, well, I've got a little bit more money now with this next job that I got. I was like, let me just try the training because it is expensive. I was like, let's just try it. I'll just do it for myself, even if nothing comes of it. And then I was kind of like, I think I'm quite good at teaching. So I was like, let's give this teaching thing a go. But it wasn't really a moment where it was like, I have to be a teacher or it was, I was kind of going with the flow, which took yeah. ages, but I feel like I'm sometimes that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and you're doing amazing as well. Um, and I think sometimes that is, that's quite um, a good way to go, just to go with the flow and just see, see if you enjoy it and see what kind of comes of it. Um, so initially, did you start teaching um, yoga classes in person? Is that how you kind of started? Yeah, so um, I started teaching in person my own classes so I had a little space at home that I could fit around about eight people in and because I was just too scared to go and do auditions for studios at that point I was like hell no like loads of like 30 people turn up to these auditions and you have to sit through other people's classes and just see how amazing other people are and then you're like oh god I've got to go (laughs) I'm have to go up and do my thing so I really avoided teaching in a studio for like a year I just did my own classes, which built up my confidence. So when I did go in and start to do auditions, I had that confidence that I knew how to teach. And um, Yeah. Yeah, but it's scary. It's really scary initially. Yeah, definitely. And do you think that comes from um, a place of sort of like anxiety with it? Or would you call yourself kind of an introvert and that's what you struggle with? Yeah, definitely. For the longest time, and I don't know if you've experienced this as well, I didn't know I had anxiety. I just thought I was this way. And then I started doing therapy and they were like, yeah, that's anxiety. I was like, no way. I didn't know I was an anxious person. Um, That's so relatable. (laughs) Very relatable. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like a lot of people don't realise yeah yeah and how did you kind of deal with that was it a case of just um slowly dipping your toe in or um did did it really impact you from not doing doing um certain things in the beginning yeah so I think to be honest with you I think it did impact me I could have been maybe a lot 
further on in my career, whatever that means, like quicker, if I'd have like um, embraced events a bit more and been more open to like chatting with people and like meeting other teachers and like growing your connections that way. Yeah. Um, so I think it held me back in that respect. But also there's a part of me that's just compassionate towards that person that was incredibly anxious and just scared. So yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, kind of got to have a little bit of sympathy for that person and not hate on that time too much. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's all part of like a, a journey, isn't it? It's how you grow as a person. Um, and a lot of my listeners um, and clients actually do struggle with kind of social anxiety and anxiety in the gym and that kind of thing. So I think um, even you just touching upon this is is very inspiring to a lot of other people. Um, because when when I kind of meet people that that are outside of like the YouTube kind of social media world, there me a lot of a lot of the time their immediate reaction is, well, how do you actually get on camera and how do you even do that in the first place if you have anxiety? And I th- I think it does come with a lot of practice, doesn't it? Because initially it is sure. it's it's daunting, isn't it? Do you find like? vlogging and you know recording yourself for in the gym or whatever it it can be quite an introverted thing anyway because yeah. there's no one else in this room with me like I know there's like distance between us but also you get a chance to edit what you're saying yeah whereas like if you're in real life with people you can't edit <laughs> yes so I yeah. feel like a youtuber or like a content creator kind of way is an introvert's job isn't it <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah because essentially like you said you're just in in a room by yourself with a camera <laughs> um so I totally agree with that and yeah. like you said when you're meeting people in real life it's it's a, a lot different <laughs> very much so um so um for those people that kind of might be listening and um might want to start a journey with becoming like a fitness instructor or something that does it does take a a lot of guts especially for introverts um do you have any kind of advice um advice for those people yeah i get asked this quite a lot um in terms of being on camera because i guess we're all like using zoom or you know video calls or things now And part of my advice for like confidence on camera is record yourself, like on your phone, watch yourself back and just get used to doing it. Um, That would probably be my biggest tip for camera. In terms of real life and like auditions or like going to the gym and things, I find it's kind of like building your confidence from within. Like I can be here. I have as much right to be here as anybody else yeah my technique might not be like the perfect gold standard or whatever but it's my way at this time um yeah I've recently gone back to the gym actually and I'm feeling that new gym feeling where you're like oh there's loads of men in here and oh I haven't done like deadlifts properly in ages I know I'm doing it like shit (laughs) yeah yeah. But in my head I have to keep telling myself this is where I'm at at the moment and exactly. That's all you can do is just go on that journey or start the journey at least. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, and even you mentioning that gym anxiety, like I get that question all the time, and um, especially from clients as well who really, really struggle with going in the weight section because it's it's a very male dominated place, isn't it? And um, it can already be intimidating if you don't feel like you know what you're doing totally. But then added into the mix loads of men <laughs> and um yeah it, it can be quite an anxiety fueled um environment can't it yeah um, so what so is there anything that really helps you like going in the gym um with a plan or is there any tips around that you can maybe give the plan is the biggest thing i just think if all else fails i, I think you gave some really good advice i don't know if it was in the, your last episode or the one before about just get in get on a little cardio machine just to like get your bearings <laughs> like you can have a little look like oh i'm going to use that machine i know where that is like to orientate yourself you can look yeah. at your plan on your phone and that instantly just makes you feel better even if you don't yeah. really want to do the cardio thing just use it as a little moment to look around yeah yeah like a stepping stone almost yeah Definitely. for sure no I think that's I think that's really good advice I think just finding your bearings and um knowing where things are um, tef- definitely can make you feel a lot more relaxed. We talk about diet culture and things like that um, on the podcast. Um, and I just thought it would be really, really interesting to kind of hear your kind of perspective on diet culture and how it might have impacted you over the years. Um, I know obviously we've touched upon um, keto, um, but have you, have you tried any kind of other diets in the past? Um, and what are your kind of thoughts on like diet culture? Definitely, I feel like probably all of us when we were younger had some auntie or some parent or sister that was doing the Kellogg's diet or the Slim Fast. Or, so I tried all of those, even you know ones that you would get in magazines, just random stuff, trying that. Yeah. Um, sometimes I guess it was from a place of wanting to lose weight, but other times I feel like it... I weight wasn't an issue for me for a long time until I felt like it was told to me that it was an issue do you know what I mean <laughs> like I love the women in my family but they are all like still very toxic diet messaging which I you know you, you can only like do your best to be like hey that's not that's not really helpful or that kind of thing yeah. um so yeah I've tried all those like funny diets um yeah, and I'm quite lucky. My younger sister is, has a really good relationship with food. She's always been like lifting weights and you eat food for fuel and that's that's her way. And I'd always look at her thinking, how how did you miss the di- toxic diet culture message? Like, I'm so jealous of you. But in the last few years, I've been more like that, just eating to fuel my body, eating stuff that makes me feel good. Sometimes I eat stuff that makes me feel shit, but... It's in, it's in moderation that I'm not going to, like, hate myself for, eat, for eating yeah. it. It's, like, a little bit just to get the feeling, but I'm not going to do it to, until I feel sick. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. And some of that food is... The less nutritious food is super tasty. Like, that's, yeah, exactly. that's why it's less nutritious. <laughs> so sometimes it is nice to just, um, you know indulge in those kind of foods as well and um, sometimes sure. with certain cravings I honestly feel like 
if the craving is really strong, your body must be getting something from it. Like, you know how dark chocolate or something has um, iron or something in it that's good around your period. It's like yeah. my body wants that, so I just have to give it to it. Yeah, yeah. And I think it can... Um, especially when you've experienced a lot of like diets in your teenage kind of early 20s um, I think it is um, it's quite difficult to get to a place where you're almost intuitively eating because mm. um, it's kind of like um, how do I how do I say it it's kind of like depicting all of those learnt behaviors and learn um learnt things over time you know sort of like magazines and things like that we've we've been influenced heavily um by those with certain diets and things like that and it's quite hard to unpick unpick that it takes time doesn't it oh my goodness yeah I even like get it now I don't know if you do sometimes like after the gym I have this moment where I'm like okay I have to eat but then there's a teeny tiny little devil on my shoulder that's like no, you'll undo all the, all the good that you've done or something like that. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I can't believe yeah. that voice is still there, like, even after all this yeah. work. Because I guess, all like, this time. those fad diets were all about restriction, restriction, restriction. Whereas, like, intuitive eating or you're supposed to fuel your body if you want to, you know, grow some muscle, you've got to eat more. And it's, like, so alien yeah. to, like, get, get used to. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think a lot of women struggle with that. Um, a lot, of, yeah, a lot of my clients really struggle with the battle in their head, kind of getting over that food is, is fuel and um, it's, it's nourishing your body and you can get so much from it. And um, yeah, it is, it's, it's a difficult one. I actually haven't mentioned that you're in, you're, uh, Helen is in uh, South Africa. So if there's, <laughs> there's a bit of a delay, then it's because we're miles, miles apart. <laughs> How do you feel about, because I am feeling like I start, I might want to track my food just for a little while, just because I'm starting a new gym routine. I feel like it would be beneficial just to make sure that I'm getting enough. How do you balance tracking with not slipping into old ways of like, all over control or like, so addicted yeah. to my fitness? Do you have, how do you do that? I know, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, if if it's kind of, if you set yourself a target of, okay, I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna do two weeks of tracking, just to kind of see where I'm at, like calorie wise and protein wise and seeing how much, how much um, mm -hmm. I'm getting. Um, I think what I tend to do is make sure that I'm not doing it to the T, especially if, um, I've had issues with it in the past and this is what I say to my clients like especially that have um, they might have issues with numbers and getting a bit too obsessed with like scale weight and things like that I think it's really important to um, be accepting and allow yourself that when you are um, feeling like okay well I haven't hit my protein goal today or um, I'm really fancying that thing that you allow yourself to have that have that thing even though you are tracking mm -hmm. and um, yeah I think it's especially if you are really struggling with or, or if you have struggled in the past with tracking I think it is important to be careful with with that kind of that side of it because it can it can be a slippery slope for some people um, yeah 
Yeah, I think that's a good way of like setting yourself a time limit or a certain period of time. Like, I'm yeah. gonna track this week or whatever. Because I know I have the tendency to, to be like, because of the keto days where you're just obsessed. <laughs> um, yeah. Because you have to be to like get the benefits of it. I, I can feel myself slipping into that. So that's why I'm like, I'm not downloading it. But then also I'm kind of like, I feel like it would be beneficial if I used it correctly or how it should be used. I mean, there are other ways of doing it. I think if you... If, if you didn't want to track, you, what you could do is, um, I mean, it's kind of tracking, but it's not really to the T. You could uh, set yourself a protein goal and focus on that instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are hitting your protein goal, then that's the kind of a good way of mm. making sure that you fuel in your body and, you know, your muscles are getting all of the protein it needs. They yeah. need to thrive and repair and things like that. And it's maybe a different way of looking at it instead of looking at it as just calories. Um, so that's yeah. another option as well. Mm. Um, going back to uh, the keto, um, keto diet, do you think that that... Um, kind of affected your relationship with carbs after that for a long time 100 percent, 100 percent. even this is going to sound so ridiculous Imogen but like fruit as well because everything you read on the keto diet is fruits too high in sugar like you, you can only have like strawberries or blueberries I think but like eating a banana again is like the ultimate treat to me it tastes so sweet and it's like feels so naughty <laughs> which is silly to say yeah so I think in that respect yeah keto diet didn't fare me well on stuff like that even stuff like chickpeas you can't have and I love chickpeas they're like my main oh, thing. yeah so yeah I think it I did yeah. come out with some negative uh stuff that I needed to kind of undo for sure yeah, definitely. And I think I think that's why it's so hard because um, keto, as I've said, keto does, I feel like it does ha- definitely have a pit place for certain conditions and things like that and has its benefits. But when it comes to like weight loss or uh, managing your weight, I just think keto is just far too difficult. Yeah. It's just so, so difficult. And like you said, like if it's, if it's going to ruin your relationship with things like fruit which is so nutritious and really good for good for our body and soul um then yeah it's something that something that you have to be careful yeah it's not worth it for sure but it wasn't worth it for me because I don't have like serious health conditions that you know it wasn't worth it there's a different way for me so I'm very grateful for that yeah definitely um, and kind of going back to your, because um, we're kind of a similar age. So growing up when I was a teenager, I had a lot of um, my kind of um, influence came from things like Freely the Banana Girl. I don't know if you know her. I don't know who that is. Oh, do you not? No. Oh, okay. So she, so she is a YouTuber and she's vegan, but she's basically like a fruitarian. Oh. Um, and she, she, she got really big um, on YouTube by um, slating a lot of other people um, who weren't vegan. Right. Um, so she'd kind of like almost like react to their diet 
Um, and so I I found her, I think she was one of the first vegan people that I found on YouTube. Oh and I was like, vegan, what is this? What is this? <laughs> Uh, what is this diet um, and then I realized it wasn't a diet it was a lifestyle yeah. and you know I went down kind of a hole what what was the reason you went uh, vegan was there like a specific person that you found online or? Um, so the reason that I so I did the whole spectrum I used to be like big meat eater and then I went uh, pescatarian I don't know why I made that switch but I decided one day that I was gonna be pescatarian and then I went vegetarian um, and my sister used to work for the vegan society and she was vegan. So that's how I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to give this vegan thing a go. Now I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't really call myself vegan anymore. I try to just say I'm plant-based, although I, you know, I don't buy yeah. leather and all the lifestyle things. But I feel like when you say you're vegan, people think that you're holier than thou and you're like absolutely perfect so yeah I don't call myself vegan. I just say that I eat I'm plant-based but my life is pretty much vegan like I don't buy yeah leather or stuff with animal stuff in but yeah it's just more for like um sounds silly but like online because when you say you're vegan people are like think you're absolutely perfect well, what about this or whatever oh absolutely <laughs> yeah I feel like people who say they're vegan are kind of put on a pedestal and then it's like you're under a microscope like oh hang on have, yeah. you, have you made a mistake there or you know it's it's quite a difficult thing so I totally yeah. get that and I feel like a lot of a lot of people that probably do maybe call themselves vegan in real life have that same approach and and kind of um go with more like plant-based um life online um unfortunately because I, I feel like a lot of people have had back backlash in in the past yeah. which is sad yeah and it's also like we don't like you're kind of going against the grain um like trying to be vegan now so it's hard so you are gonna like we slip up all the time like me and my partner buy stuff with milk and yeah. bags and all the time particularly because we're traveling around obviously we try to learn like what milk is in different languages and stuff um yeah but yeah we slip up slip up all the time and it's not we're not doing it because we want to be like naughty or anything it's just it's just the way it is our intention is it just happens yeah. doesn't it yeah yeah for sure no I know and I think like you said traveling as well I remember when we traveled and we was in um uh, Bali mm -hmm. and the Philippines especially I think a lot of people didn't really grasp what veganism sure. was um so it's quite difficult to get that across um when you when you're traveling especially isn't yeah, it yeah and I think just I don't hold I don't hold on to it as tightly as I once did in the beginning. In the beginning, I was that annoying vegan. <laughs> and now I am not. I feel like we all go through yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm much more relaxed with it now. Not that I intentionally go out and eat steak or anything like that at all. But um, You used to live in London and um, now you're kind of traveling and doing the whole like nomadic lifestyle, um, which is amazing. Um, but what, what made you, um, what made you want to travel and leave your, up and leave your flat in yeah, London? Yeah, so I've been in London for around 14 years and 
had both or all of the lockdowns, however many there were, I can't even remember how many there were. And the part of London that I was in is East London and it was really, really strict there. It was one of the like hardest hit parts of London. At some point, we didn't have a garden or anything like that. So if we went out for a walk, there's a beautiful park near us, but there were times when there would be police there and you wouldn't be able to sit down in the park people would be like, they'd be like, oh, get wow. up, you're only out here for walking. So like, the whole um, pandemic kind of made me lose my love for London a little bit. And, but the pandemic did move all of my stuff online, which is amazing as an introvert and as someone who just wants to conserve their energy a little bit. Um, so when that happened, I was a bit like, well, we don't really need to be here. And I don't really like the cold. At the beginning of this year, we were like, I don't want the same year as what we've just had. Like, I, something needs to change. It's something, it's, it needs to be something big. Um, so there was a bit of to and fro because my partner likes the UK, but we settled on Barcelona, which was our first destination. And as soon as we left, we were like, yes, this is what we're supposed to be doing because we've never done any traveling, either of us. Like we've been on holidays and things, but we'd never done long periods of traveling. So yeah, it feels like we're doing it late, but better late than never, eh? <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I feel like there's not, there shouldn't be a time frame on traveling, yeah. especially. I feel like there is, there is this kind of, um, in, there's this like a, a social expectation that you need to go to uni, get a job, maybe do some traveling in between that and then that's it for Absolutely. the rest of your life until you're retired. <laughs> but there they shouldn't be rules out there, especially when it's, it's traveling. It's so funny because when we said we were doing it, even coming here, most quest- most of people's, most people that we know um, just said, why? And our answer is just like, well, why not? Like, we haven't bought a house yet. We don't have a family yet. So we've got nothing. There's no, there's no reason why we wouldn't. And I feel lucky to be in that situation. So yeah, for the long time I didn't feel like yeah, absolutely. I was lucky though. I felt absolutely. like, oh, everyone's buying their houses and getting married and having their babies. But now I feel super lucky that I am where I am. Yeah, yeah. And it's always the same. I think a lot of people uh, tend to compare themselves to other people and kind of look at other people's lives when um, actually there's probably a lot of people that are thinking, wow, she's traveling the world, like she's doing all these things. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it is, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing what you're doing. Do you think, I know that you've kind of made quite a, a big shift in the last few years to kind of um, try and live more mindfully. And um, I know that you, you've kind of moved towards calling um, your movement practices um like mindful movements rather than yoga um could you for those people that don't really understand um the difference could you kind of talk a little bit about that of course so i did most of my training in yoga so i did my 200 hour yoga i've done yin yoga practice and uh, pre and post natal so i still have all those qualifications um but yoga is an ancient spiritual practice and um, it has a whole massive like philosophy around it and I feel like it's important that 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 needs to be shown that that's what it is it's not just doing postures in a studio in like tight like like that's not yeah. yoga 
So I actually don't feel equipped to teach the philosophy side just because I'm still untangling it in my head. I find it really challenging. So I decided to call my, my membership My Mindful Movement because I feel like it encompasses all types of movement and also gives you a little more free reign on how you move. Some of the yogas that I've practiced um, are quite prescriptive of like, it has to be done this way. Your feet have to be in this position. This is the angle that you're looking for. And that just doesn't sit well with me. I don't do well when I've got like strict rules. I'm always wanting to break free from that, which is where my mindful movement came yeah. in. Cause I was like, people should just be free to play and move however they want. Just like if you yeah. were a kid or something. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. I absolutely love that. Like, honestly, your classes are my favorite Thank types you. of classes because I just love your style of teaching. And like you said, like, it's just it's so much more like freeing. Um, and it, it, it helps you be more accepting of your body when you're in that mindset as well. Yeah, for sure. It? When you because I've taught like thousands and thousands of people, when you actually go to a class, you realize most people can't fit into what the shape is supposed to look like. Like the majority don't. So I'm like, why are we all trying to force ourselves into these holes that we're never going to fit into? What if we just like embraced the other way and like really just pushed it the other way? Yeah. Since you've been traveling and you you uh, started off in Barcelona, now you're in um, Cape Town. Town. Um, yeah. So do you think that that kind of journey has helped you uh, with mindfulness? I would say it's been a challenge because I felt uprooted each time, obviously. <laughs> I knew that was going to be the case, but I'm trying to have things that keep me grounded and keep me coming back to being mindful so even I was thinking about it this morning actually even silly things like having a skincare routine is like that's a consistent for me or having the same playlist yeah. that I practice to even though the room is different um that is consistent I try and keep things that are consistent to yeah keep me grounded otherwise I feel like I would be oh, panicked <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's a really lovely way of looking at it as well, like noticing certain consistencies um, throughout. To a lot of people, you are, I feel like you are living the dream, like you're traveling, you're working from your laptop, you've got a business. Um, and I, I really like to kind of get into people's heads and actually work out whether they know that they are successful. So do you feel... Do you feel successful do you at know the what? moment? I actually do. For the like, first time in ages. I love that. <laughs> because I have a friend. Sorry, this is going to be such a ramble, but I'll go with it. I have a friend who is financially so successful. He is like what we would hold up to be as smashing it. <laughs> but he never, ever feels it. And I always have to remind him like success is freedom the freedom to have the afternoon off or work around your cycle like to me that's success it's not how much like the number in the bank or how much stuff I have um yeah so that's quite a new thing for me it was quite a recent conversation with him and I was like you don't actually realize 
how successful you are because you have the choice to not work or work or yeah no absolutely absolutely and I think I think that's a struggle a lot of people have but they don't necessarily talk about and are open about um and I think now more than ever a lot of people struggle with things like imposter syndrome because they don't it's almost like a detachment you detach how um detached from the feeling of uh, success success but like you said success success can mean so many different things and it's not necessarily how much money you're earning um or what job title you have um so I think that's a lovely way of looking at it for um, sure about because we'll all have our own version of what successful to us so if you get kind of clear on what you what would be a successful life to you outside of what we're told it's supposed to be and then you can work towards that because when you sit down and really think about it if you sat down and wrote down the things that make you happy they it would be very few things and they're usually free or cost not much money (laughs) yeah absolutely and that kind of leads me on to my next question um so what what would you say um makes you happy I would say definitely sunshine I've realized that I have to have daylight and sunshine near me it gives me life I'm I feel like I'm cold-blooded because I just don't fare well in the cold and I like (laughs) having the flexibility at work makes me so happy and I'm always so grateful every day that I have that flexibility in my job. Um, Yeah, and then just like hanging out with people that I love and like and walking. I'm really, really, really into walking at the moment. I'm going through a big phase of that. Um, And I bet there's some beautiful places in Cape Town to explore for hikes and things. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Oh, amazing. Like everywhere you look is just stunning, so I feel super super lucky so um yeah i'd say those are the main things that make me happy oh amazing what about you what 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 are the main things that make you happy i feel like for so many years i have um fought against routine fought against structure and kind of going against the grain and in the last year or so i've really noticed that actually structure and routine really do (laughs) really do fuel my happiness and like make me feel um like I'm on the right track and things like that but other outside of that I think like you said sunshine getting out in the open walking in nature is just so so beneficial for your mental health isn't it and it's so important um and just generally being active as well is just so important for your happiness and mental health definitely I feel like walking gives you a sense of like getting somewhere well obviously you are getting somewhere but like and it's a time to like I feel like thoughts process easier when you're walking I don't know if it's like the rhythmic I feel like you figure out a lot of stuff when you're walking absolutely and and walks can help you uh help with creativity as well can't they like it's so good at Mm. um inspiring a new idea (laughs) or um, Yeah. yeah yeah Because I think a lot of people nowadays, they think, oh, I don't really have time to do that. I don't really have time to go on a walk. But actually, um, it's super beneficial and actually makes you more productive by just just heading out and getting on, getting some steps in. A hundred percent, definitely. So 
I did want to kind of touch upon, for those people that um, maybe are thinking about uh, going down like the yoga teaching route or fitness instructing route, um, I did want to kind of talk to you about the importance of having um, like an online brand for yourself um, mm. and whether whether you do think it's still um still possible to build a business as a fitness instructor without having an online presence oh that's such a good question (laughs) and so hard I feel like you caught me at a funny time because I don't know about you Imogen but I am really struggling with social media at the moment like it just seems to be on a little bit of a downward trajectory And I'm not quite sure how to save it, if I'm honest with you. I'm incredibly lucky that I've got a base of clients already. Um, So I do feel, at the moment, my answer is yes, I do feel like you need a social media presence. Even if it's small, if it's the right people, that's all you need. It doesn't need to be be massive. Like, even my YouTube is not massive at all, but... It's made me, it's helped me get a few clients from America, which is amazing, which I never thought would be a possibility for me. So I do think it is important just to have some sort of presence and be known um, that you do that and you offer that. Uh, But how you keep it going and thrive, I don't know. I'm I'm figuring it out. Yeah. How are you finding it? honestly the same and going to I I went to an event yesterday that had quite a lot of people who were on social media and and did that as their job um uh, in the fitness world um and Mm -hmm. the the general consensus was exactly the same everybody was saying the same thing that um kind of TikTok and Instagram and YouTube it's so hard nowadays I think Mm -hmm. with the ever-changing algorithms on the different social medias um it's it's very difficult and um instagram especially i just i don't get it (laughs) at the moment i don't get it (laughs) you ever have these moments where you're just like i'm just gonna let it go i'm just gonna yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely um do do you know what the other day i was like do you know what it's clearly not working. So let me just focus on things that I like to create and I like to do. So I've been writing blog posts a little bit more. Whether they're reaching people, I don't know, but they make me happy. So I've been doing that a little bit more. And I like um, sending out my email newsletter. So rather than trying to do all the thing, all the social media things, I was like, let me just make them really good and see if that works. I mean, don't take this as advice, anyone, but... <laughs> It's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think I think that's great, especially to kind of build the backbones of your website because I think blog posts are very, very good with um, getting a bit technical, but like to build your SEO for your for your website as well. So it definitely has a benefit, and if you're enjoying that, that's that's the main thing, isn't it? Mm. Um, because I think it's so important, especially with social media, to enjoy yourself. Um, because it is quite a it's a difficult place especially like um, with kind of hate comments and things like that um, added into the mix like it can it can be um, stressful and difficult um, sometimes can't it I think people are smart as well people can see through when you're not enjoying something or they can see through 
a disingenuous thing or like post or whatever so um yeah we have to remember that so like what's the point if you don't want to do it don't do it <laughs> yeah no absolutely I to totally agree with that totally agree with that and I think um I think it is just to kind of add my two cents into the question I do think mm -hmm. I think it's important when you're first starting out um as a fitness instructor or even if um you're branching out into yoga um and mindful movement I think it is important to dip your toe into different areas to see what you enjoy um mm -hmm because that's it's very important to enjoy enjoy what you're what you're doing and find what you're good at as well um which is 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 an important thing absolutely and like you said just try some things because some people are like oh i could never vlog and i'm like well if you tried it you never know you might get yeah a bug or blogging or pinterest or whatever absolutely absolutely um, and kind of touching on social media a little bit more, um, do you think um, with the kind of, it's, it's social media is amazing because like you mentioned before, uh, having um, some clients in America, social media has allowed us to connect more than ever across the world, which is incredible. Um, but do you think there's any kind of downsides of, of that that um, make it quite difficult um, in real relationships? Do you think it's kind of impacted real relationships, um, that mm. side of social media? Oh, that is such a good question and such a big question. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I can totally see how it would impact real life relationships if, if you weren't, using it consciously I think yeah. you could easily slip into the screen is real life and what's happening around you is you kind of take for granted so I can totally see that and I've definitely had periods where I've maybe been a little bit addicted to social media I've definitely had periods of that but it's having either a person to help you to be like hey you're spending a little bit too much time on that or you know you, you realize that yourself that your your other relationships or your friendships are like suffering because of it um so yeah I think it's about I think you can use online classes and platforms but see if you can use them more mindfully or consciously like if you're on Instagram be on Instagram so you're yeah. reading the posts you're interacting you're not just mindless it's the mindless scroll that is oh so hard to catch <laughs> yeah yeah and I think it's it's so easy for so many people especially on TikTok because it's literally like mm. five ten second videos oh my goodness. people are just scrolling and scrolling and it's almost like you're in this like just zoned out just not even taking in what what you what you see so I think that's a really good point of um using it consciously um mm. absolutely I think that's a really good a really good tip um um I'm conscious that time's getting on and I don't want to keep you as a fellow introvert I appreciate <laughs> things not going on too too long <laughs> so no, I did fine. I did I did want to just ask you a couple more questions. Um, yeah, please. So, um, the one of the final questions. I think um, it's really important to kind of implement certain things in your life to um, 
uh, try and um, have like a healthy mindset, a healthy a healthy pro- approach to mental health and physical health. So is there um, like two things that you would say are really important to help you um, stay healthy, like both uh, mentally and physically? Mm. I think um, this practice is really good and one that I do uh, quite often actually because things change. Um, I would write two lists. One list of like all the stuff that makes you feel really good, all the food that makes you feel good, friends, people, um, activities, like write one list that's all the things that make you feel good and then write another list of the things that don't make you feel good. Usually it's something like social media or certain people or whatever. And then look at those lists and think, how can I incorporate more of the good stuff And how can I not necessarily eliminate the bad stuff, but less time on that stuff or boundaries around that stuff. I think that's a really good practice to have. And um, knowing that that will change as well, what makes you happy will will change over time. So it's not like a golden, hard and fast list. (laughs) Yes. And do it like once a month or something. Um, And also it's just quite interesting to see how your tastes change and, yeah definitely I think that's I think that's really really good advice and I think I feel like I might have have to get on that (laughs) yeah it's a good tip it's nice to like get to know yourself you never like sit down and think no what do I like what do I like to do or yeah no absolutely absolutely (laughs) um and finally um the kind of last question I'd I'd love to ask you is um kind of younger Helen who might have um been going through some stuff um been going through a stressful time and working out who she was what kind of advice would you you give to her now with your the head you have on your shoulders now that's such a big question and I love it and I knew this question was coming and I forgot to think about it (laughs) (laughs) um I would tell her to do you know what I would tell her to focus on herself and listen to her gut stop trying to look for answers in other people or advice in other people like listen to your gut I think even now I'd probably tell myself that (laughs) yeah no absolutely I think I think uh, times can get quite clouded with so many other opinions and that can influence you heavily especially when you don't feel like you know yourself in your teenage years or like early 20s especially yeah. um, and you kind of might get guided by the wrong people um, so I think that's really really great advice um, but yeah that's all my questions that I have for you Helen and I feel like it's been so insightful you've been such an amazing guest well my first proper guest um and thank you for having uh, honestly, me yeah thank you so much thank you so much helen how insightful was our little chat i feel like helen gave such good advice and it, f- it felt a little bit like you was a fly on the wall um at two friends having a chat which is exactly what i wanted it to um come across like especially because it's my was my first guest I was a little bit nervous um, about doing this podcast. I have met Helen before, um, but I've never had a, a proper guest on this podcast before. So I really, really do hope you enjoyed it. I hope um, 
we um, spoke about some interesting topics that were of interest to yourselves. If you do want to go ahead and find Helen, you can find Helen at mymindfulmovement.co on Instagram. She's also on YouTube. She does lots of vlogs and she also pops up movement classes over there as well. So if you want to go and check her out, her at is well with hells and she has lots of different mindful movement practices on there so go and check her out on youtube and instagram and her membership site as well i really hope you enjoyed this episode if you did please please take two minutes just to share the podcast to your instagram or facebook or tiktok wherever you um are on social media it really does help the podcast get out there and helps me continue this podcasting journey But that's all for today. I hope you have a fantastic day and I will speak to you soon.